You're listening to MOG Channel. Welcome to my podcast. This is MOG Channel, where we help you to see real and practical Christianity from God's Word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today, we're going to continue our Bible study on Ephesians chapter 2. So, actually, we're doing chapter 1, then I think I skipped, I did one or two things outside of Bible study, and then we're back to Bible study. Okay, so we're just going to run through i think we're gonna read from do from chapter 2 verse 1 to verse uh that's like 10 yeah like 10 ish and so let's just get right into it all right so um says and he has made alive you who were dead in your trespasses and sins so you were dead in your sins what's mean dead in your sins that is you were what's the word you were spiritually dead that means separated from god and by that you were sinners you were dead in that you could not help yourselves it says in who in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now walks in the sons of disobedience so he's just saying that you walked according to disobedience in other words because you were dead in your sin you were dead in disobedience right bible talks about one romans i think that's five talk, talk about through one man's disobedience right the fact that adam was disobedient one man's disobedience if you think about it god said of all every tree you may freely eat except this and he just went out did exactly what god said you know he should not do so by one man's disobedience many were made sinners so the bible tells us that should be romans chapter 5 verse 19 for us by one man's disobedience many were made sinners so by the obedience of one many shall be made righteous so in other words so we now cause us cause these people who are the product of that disobedience cause them children of disobedience are you seeing that sons of disobedience and say that so the spirit of this world works in them amen so that means the spirit of god will work in those who are righteous verse 3 among whom also we also conducted ourselves in the loss of the flesh fulfilling desires of the flesh and now i want to say something remember he said he just explained to us that this this spirit works in the children of disobedience now he now tells us what that disobedience or the product of that disobedience right and he says we were once like that so it's very very clear he's he let me say this paul never actually lumps us alongside sinners never he always makes the distinction say we once were we not we are not now we once were are you seeing that we once were we are not now okay among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the desires of the flesh, that means the desires of the body, the cravings of the body. And it's important to know that the desires of the body are not themselves, um, it's not itself bad. However, indulgence in the desires of the body, desire to eat, sleep, sex, all those things, when you indulge in them, you understand, take them out of the context that God designed them for, then you begin to live in sin has fulfilled in the desires of the flesh and of the mind so he talks about the mind and actually the word for mind there actually also means imagination so he's saying here that your mind also has the ability to conjure conjure desires how does that happen when you are exposed right aha when you are exposed the bible says that every man is tempted of his own desires and enticed how does a desire become your own it becomes your own when you are exposed to it so you would not um desire certain things like ice cream or whatever if you do not see it 
you wouldn't desire pornography if you did not watch it do you understand so by exposure you can actually get to a point where you yourself are now um what's the word you are now like how i put it you are your own enemy you expose yourself to something and then you're not having trouble from that exposure your mind takes it in as a computer and what does it do registers records and then begins to replace so you now have temptation that you caused uh, so that's the and of the mind you now says and we're ch- by nature children of wrath so naturally we're children of wrath that means you were destined for hell okay just as the others but god who is what rich in mercy what is god rich in money no it says god's rich in mercy because of his great love which we which he loved us i seen that so how do you know he's rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us notice it says great love that means that love is amazing it's great it is not just small it's great love enormous bible tells us in the book of john that god is love it is who he is it is not just what he does he does love or he loves because it is who he is he says even when we're dead in our trespasses so he explains again and we're dead in our sins he has what made us alive together with christ he made us alive together with christ i think i've explained this severally that when christ came and died he didn't just die for us he died as us we identified with him in his death remember we were dead spiritually it tells us that we're dead in our sins now why did christ come to die he came to die to what's that word because the wages of sin is dead while we're dead in our sins he comes to die and by that he identifies with the nature of man he identifies with man's punishment with man's nature with the sin nature so he dies spiritually and what happens when he now is raised you are now going to see that he says when we were dead not just made us he made us alive together with christ by grace we've been saved and raised us up together right so that means when he was raised from the dead remember he has been identified as us in death we were spiritually dead he died for our sins he also was dead spiritually dead spiritually just means he was separated from god so he identifies with us and then when he is raised we are now raised with him because he's already identified in our death. So when he's raised to life, we are also raised to life. Are you seeing that? He says, I made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now in Ephesians 1, I think I already mentioned that that it talks about, you know, um, Christ being seated in heavenly places, far above principalities. Yeah, it says, Ephesians 1 verse um, 20, which he walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So you are seeing that Christ was seated at the right hand of God. I explained the right hand of God. The right hand of God is a, is a realm. It's just a realm of authority where everything that belongs to the person who put you there belongs to you. Are you seeing that? So, but he says, and he raises up together and made us what sit together in the heavenly place in Christ. So, we also are there. So, this now means that the authority that Christ had when he was raised from the dead is the same authority we now have. And that's an amazing thing. It means that... <laughs> I mean, Christ is our head. There's no distinguishing of But the authority has, which is all authority. Remember in Matthew 28, yeah, verse, I think verse um, 18, where he says, All authority is given to me now. All. All of it. Everything. All authority. That, that means God's authority, the scope of God's authority is given to us. That's just crazy, right? All authority is given to us. Are you seeing that? So he has made us to sit together in heavenly places. Sit together means that where you find him, you find us. You can't find him without finding us. We are one, actually. The Bible actually tells us that we are we are now one with Christ. So everything that belongs to him belongs to us. Everything that belongs to us, you know, it's a shared authority. The Bible also calls us joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs. In other words, we have the same inheritance, which is just amazing. It says that in the ages to come, 
he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So the question is, where is God's kindness found? Where is his grace? Right? Where? Because it says the riches, that means the abundance of his grace and kindness. So where is the abundance of God's grace and kindness? In Christ Jesus, in what Christ has done. Are you seeing that? So that means that the only where you will find or how you will know that God is kind and gracious and merciful and loving is in Christ Jesus, in what Christ did. You get that is the major place you find. I mean, you find it in the world he made, you find it in you know the wonderful planet that we are on and all those things, but you will majorly find it in Christ Jesus. Verse 8: For by grace you have been saved through faith. By what grace you have been saved. In other words, that the riches of his grace and everything is what Christ did. By, by that grace, grace here would just be benevolence in the sense that you did not deserve it, but he did it anyway. So by grace you have been saved. Through what? Faith. In other words, by you expressing faith in what he has done, that is how you are saved. And not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So it is not about your performance, not about what you did, not about what you deserve that you get, but it is just the gift of God. It's a gift meaning that you cannot earn it and you cannot deserve it. It's just a gift. And that's one of the beautiful thing about salvation is a gift. It, We were dead in our trespasses. Dead means we were dead. Dead means you cannot help yourself. Dead means you're just dead. And we did not initiate, we couldn't even help ourselves. We didn't even know how, how we, the help would come. But he initiated that love or that help. He did everything for us and presents it to us as a gift. And that's why that's the message you preach to the unbeliever. Look, your sins are forgiven. It's a gift of God. It's not something you have to earn, deserve, or work for. It is already paid for. It is already done. It's a done deal. So you just accept it. You just, you know, receive it. That's all. You don't have to do anything else than receive it. Say, yeah, but what if I'm still messing up? It doesn't matter. It is not about your works. You don't deserve it. You just get as a gift. What if this? Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. If more people understand this message, it, it's, it's going to do something to them. Because it just tells you that it doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter what your past has been, where you've been, what your life has been like. You are a, a candidate. Belief is the only qualification you need just to believe. It's as simple as that, and you receive eternal life, forgiveness of sins, free of charge. The Lord makes it free of charge. He pays everything. Now, it costs the Lord everything. It costs the Lord his life, but he provides that to you, what? Free of charge. Are you seeing that? Now, it says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. In other words, we cannot actually add to what he has done. We can't boast and say, because I did this, then Christ died. Because I did this, I deserve salvation. Because I was so nice and upright and holy. No. It's, it's the love of God that actually, you know, um, what's the word that, that has formed us in Christ Jesus? It's his love. We deserve nothing, but we don't get what we deserve. Verse 10, for we are his what? Workmanship. In other words, he did the work. You see, he keeps on emphasizing. We are his workmanship. He says, created in Christ Jesus. So he did the work. He is the one that worked on us. He is the one that initiated salvation. He is the one that died for us. We are the workmanship. He worked on us, right? We are identified with him. He worked with on us. And so there is nothing we added to the equation. He does the work. We are his what? Workmanship. He crafted us in Christ Jesus. Are you seeing that? That's just amazing. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should want to walk in them. So good works now means that Basically, if you study properly, good works there will just mean conduct. In other words, we have been saved for good works. As he has died for us and paid for our sins and everything and given us his life and nature, then there's the works that emanate from it, the gratitude for that salvation, what follows after. 
Amen. So, this is just a short study on Ephesians chapter 2. We're stopping at verse 10. Tomorrow we'll continue. And uh, it's going to be awesome, alright? So guys, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Well, not really thank you. You're listening, <laughs> You're listening to save your own soul, as they will say. Okay, God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. If this blessed you, or you want to say hi, or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram. That's pst.sien. pst.essien. See you there.